You don't want to wait on having all the knowledge you need to take a step forward. But the flip side of that is a little bit of research, especially when you're starting from a very low-level knowledge of anything. And don't take that as an insult. We all started somewhere. Right and, and real estate investing is no different. You're starting from a certain point, and there are just certain things that Scott mentioned that I think were really helpful in getting started in the vacation business. And we're obviously going to post the article to our group, the Foreclosure Deals Coach Insiders Group, but also just going to go over some of the things he talked about. And what I love about this is I kind of did all of this stuff the wrong way huh. to get started. I'm looking at these rules. Check, check, one, two, one, two. Turn it up, turn it up. Welcome to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. The tides are turning, the time is now. You're home for the mindset, methodology, and tools needed to invest in foreclosures. Don't you dare buy a house, buy a deal. You need to get into this right now. Right now, yeah. And now your host, the Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. This is your host and Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum, broadcasting live from our downtown studios with my executive producer and the guy that makes us all sound so smooth, Mr. Jonathan Winston. What's up? Yo, yo, what's going on, everybody? Beautiful day out in Colorado. It's getting nice and sunny. It's uh kind of windy today but it is crazy. Um, the season's changing so i'm loving that um got some cool things going on this weekend might go to a little outdoor event hopefully nice. it's not as windy as uh, it is today um on, but you know it's it's things are good man things are moving right along Glad to hear. Glad to hear. You know, this time of year, as we're heading into May, you start thinking about vacationing, going other cool places, seeing other things, which brings us into our show today. We're going to discuss the vacation rental market as it relates to real estate investing from a foreclosure standpoint. Now, um, a lot going on to, to kind of build into that. So I just want to take a step back. Obviously, the vacation rental market has been around a while, but the impact at, that it's had on the foreclosure market or the investment market has yet to be seen. Most people have entered the vacation rental market, much like my wife, Laura, and I did, where we took a property we were living in, realized uh, that we were not using the property to the extent it was really just the two of us in this 5,000 square foot. We finally called it our McMansion in the North part of Colorado Springs, Colorado. So the thought process came up, well, you know, we don't need this thing unless we have the kids. We only have the kids certain weekends. So let's rent it out on the weekends. We don't need it. Uh, We'll just, you know, go to Mexico, go hang out in Denver, whatever. We'll figure it out, right? So that was the beginning of our foray into the vacation rental market. But it quickly transitioned. Once we listed the property, it quickly transitioned um, into a full-time gig. In the first few weeks, we started booking out weeks at a time, found ourselves like really well-off homeless, like the type of homeless where it's like, you got, what do you mean you have multiple houses, but you got no place to stay, right? I mean, you know, it's problems to have, man. It's first world problems, right? right. So we immediately turned into, okay, we're couch surfing for a bit. And then that got up pretty old. So we literally rented another property. It's like, well, this is cool. Let's vacation rental this out too. <laughs> So now I got two properties that are vacation rentals, and we were kind of bouncing back and forth between the two of them until the HOAs, uh, which is them. always the problem with these vacation rental discussions. Okay? Hayden old asses. I think that's Hayden what HOA, old, I love that. HOA stands for. Hayden old asses. <laughs> 
hopped in. I was making ten grand a month on that initial property in Northgate. Another five to six grand a month coming up on our secondary rental property, and figuring out a way to bounce back and forth between the two of them and the hating old, old asses. asses shut me down. Losing the income they were making from that property, we had just moved to Denver because we were kind of fed up with the back and forth game. We thought we'd get a place outside the, you know, in the city downtown Denver, which we talked about all the time. One of my favorite places to live. Shout out to my fellas up at the Spire. What's up? What's up? Uh, but anyway, long story short, didn't work out because of the hating old asses running the HOA, right? <sighs> So this article popped up uh, that Jonathan got put together for us from a Scott McGilvray talking about the one mistake he consistently sees on vacation rentals. Yeah. And, you know, anytime you're entering a new market, be it the flipping market, the buy and hold market, and now the vacation rental market, it's important to understand the rules of the game that you're playing. I love the go-getter attitude of most of my listeners and my students. I just want to do this. I got a new student, Selena. What's up, Selena? Thanks for listening to the show. She's, she's so eager to go, right? She's out there putting deals together, you know, join coaching, and right away got the motivation, the understanding that she needed to start putting deals together. Super proud of her, but the reality is there's just certain things you need to know before you go full force in the game. Now, don't let this be a deterrent to doing it. The best way to learn is to kind of learn by doing, right? You don't want to wait on having all the knowledge you need to take a step forward. But the flip side of that is a little bit of research, especially when you're starting from a very low-level knowledge of anything. And don't take that as an insult. We all started somewhere, right? And, and real estate investing is no different. You're starting from a certain point, and there are just certain things that Scott mentioned that I think were really helpful in getting started in the vacation business. And we're obviously going to post the article to our group, the Foreclosure Deals Coach Insiders group, but also just going to go over some of the things he talked about. And what I love about this is I kind of did all of this stuff the wrong way to get started. I'm looking at these rules that you set up and it's like, I did pretty much all of it wrong until I figured this out. So hopefully we're imparting some knowledge out there to prevent you from making the same mistakes we made, trying to jump into the game with both feet and not having some knowledge. So with that, Let's go. Let's kick it, right? Let's do this. All right. Number one, you got to do your research. Man. Right? You have got to have local knowledge how the market operates. Now, this has been difficult in general, but got more difficult because how do you comp out a nightly rental? How do you know mm, that's true. what the numbers are going to be? Well, there was nothing out there for that. Like the, the reality was you could look at the what I did. I'll just tell you how I did it. I looked at uh, Airbnb. I looked at VRBO. I found properties that look similar nearby, and I ran comps, comparables, much like we do on our fix and flips to figure out what I expected to get as a nightly rate. There's a decent amount of data that's just available on public sources that can give you a general idea, but I, I tell you, I am often shocked at people who are starting out in this thing, and I ask, well, that's cool. You want to convert your house into a vacation rental. What do you think your nightly rate's going to be? Um, I don't know. Like, okay, that's important. You need to know how your local knowledge, the research is so critical. So either do that idea of running comps of properties that are nearby in your neighborhood, or if you're really going to take this hardcore, there's an app called AirDNA. So I think it's AirDNA.co, C-O. They forgot the M on the com or something. They booked the .com, so they wanted to make sure they could keep their name. I respect that AirDNA. Shout out to working that out. Do your thing, right? But Air DNA.co, I believe, um, is the only app that, that I've used anyway that will give you a uh, 
comprehensive analysis on the neighborhood comps, mm-hmm. also showing you vacancy rates. You can see how often they're rented out. It's about a thousand a year. Okay, so it's not an inexpensive app by any means. But if you're committed to going hardcore in the vacation rental business, and by now, if you listen to the show, you know that we don't have step on anything here, right? Definitely not. We didn't decide to do a couple of fix and flips. We decided to build a flipping operation that did 40 flips in 2019. I'm sorry, 40 flips in 2020, 47 flips in 2021. And we are tracking to 60 flips in 2022 because we don't do anything half. So our objective in the vacation rental market was never to do one or two, but the original goal was eight. And now we're looking at the income that we need to retire. It's probably going to be easier to get done at somewhere between 10 and 12, depending on the results, the ones that we've got. So there are two ways. Obviously, you want to walk before you run, but you have to be in a system where you have enough knowledge to scale. Okay. And that's critical. So AirDNA is going to tell you based on your market, how much competition do you have? Right? How? What kind of vacancy are they keeping? What kind of occupancy are they keeping? I keep saying vacancy. What kind of occupancy are they keeping on that that project? Because you're going to want to know how much income you're expecting to bring in, and you're going to want to be consistent on that because that's how you grow in the vacation rental business, right? So number two that Scott mentioned is know the numbers. Well. Again, that comes into occupancy rate, that comes into nightly rate, that comes into expenses, right? One of the big numbers that we were not planning for, that hopefully you will, is the seasonality of the vacation rental market here in Colorado, okay? You would think, because we're a snowy capital, this is the time I want to get the hell out of here. It turns out when we're snowing here a lot, everybody else is trying to get the hell out of here too, right? So our winter months, despite the fact that it comes across like a ski resort yeah, for sure. I type think town, so. right? It's actually quite the opposite. You're going to see the biggest attrition in your numbers in the winter months when it's cold because people don't want to come to Colorado Springs for cold weather. They come here because our springs and summer are second to none. Like, there's really no place else I want to be. We're looking at restarting an operation in the Florida market uh, to be warm, but we want to be down there when it's cold here. Right. So you got to know your numbers. One of the biggest numbers, I think, is seasonality. You've got to plan ahead that you maintain a certain occupancy rate during your peak seasons. Right. Right. And you maintain a different occupancy rate in the valley seasons. And you need to know when that's going to happen so you can put money away. Remember, that payment, that mortgage payment you got to make on that property is, is the same. They don't care how much money you're bringing in from income from the property. Right, mm-hmm. that that mortgage payment is, is flat. So you got to make sure that you know when you're going to have your up seasons and your down seasons. And right, Go to kind of like piggyback on that, you were saying like down here in Colorado Springs, like obviously you know you're during the winter months you're not going to get that many people just wanting to come out here and go hiking or hang out in the mountains right. or stuff so like cold that. As hell. Exactly. But you know, in places maybe like Telluride or those ski resorts and places like that. Now, if you have an Airbnb or something like that, right, in one of those places, in a I'm ski sure, resort. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to you know see some an influx of people during those seasons. But Absolutely. at the same time, it's super expensive up there. So right. I feel like. Um, kind of what you're talking about as far as putting money away, you know, um, structuring out your seasonality, um, you know, once you're getting into the game and, you know, kind of building that portfolio of uh, VRBOs or vacation rentals. Yes. You kind of, like you said, take all that into factor to kind of build up your base and then potentially look to, you know, uh, buy something in those ski resort towns and do something right. like that after you've, you know, kind of established because trying to jump into something like that 
straight away might be 100%. Yeah, a little bit out of the out yeah. of your reach. Great advice, man. And I got to tell you people, one of the biggest flaws of real estate investing is trying to jump in too fast. And again, we need people who have a, in our coaching program, we demand that you have a sense of urgency. We demand this is something you want to do and as a result it's something you want to do quickly, but again, know your numbers. You got to know what you're getting into and how your market specifically operates because every market's a little bit different. Now, the one thing I hear a lot is that well, Colorado Springs is not a resort community. Right, we're not really a vacation community. Does vacation rental even work here? Every community, everywhere, if there's a hotel in your town, right, Mm -hmm. that means they're making money off of the vacation rental business. They're just a vacation rental business you've been aware of the whole time. But if people are coming in, like, are they going to want to stay in a hotel or they want to stay in your house? Well, I got to tell you, as as I've become part of the vacation rental culture, I don't even look at hotels anymore. Right, when I'm staying somewhere. I intend to get a house just because it's more comfortable. I don't cook, but you know when my wife cooks, you know mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. It's less expensive. I can usually get better amenities, and it generally works out to be about the same price as a hotel room I would have booked anyway. Right. Right. So this vacation rental culture is starting to figure that out. But you need to know when that's going to be the case, and when hotels may have the upper hand, and when it's just kind of an off season for you know whatever city you're in. You're in Dayton, Ohio, right? I don't know why you're in Dayton, Ohio. Do not, not um, I'm just saying. Um, if you're there, you got to know when your peaks and valleys are. Otherwise, the numbers are going to take you out. Okay. Number three, get noticed. Pick a theme to get noticed amongst other rentals. I really did not get this, okay, because I am a, um, I guess, a, pragma- I'm a, a pragmatic, right? I just right. want a bed, a refrigerator, and I appreciate if you put a TV in there, because right. I'm going to chill out, you know, and, and watch a little TV while enjoying, you know, a beer or my favorite plant, whatever right. that happens to be, right? So I didn't need that stuff, but we did figure out, because again, women are the leading driving factor in most of real estate. Did you know that 66% of agents, real estate agents, are female? Wow, that's, I didn't know that for sure. Okay. uh, Women make the buying decisions on real estate. Smart dudes Mm -hmm. are referring to their wife for looking at properties, and they're going, what do you think, honey? Yeah. Right? Hi, this is Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach. It's important to have good credit when you're buying a foreclosure. A lot of people think you can come in with bad credit, but the fact of the matter is you need pretty stable credit scores to buy a foreclosure deal. So how do you find out how to increase your credit? Well, there's tons of credit repair agencies out there and multiple formulas, but one thing we found that works is reporting your monthly rental payments to the credit bureau. We partnered with RentReporters.com, the leading provider of adding your payment history direct from your landlord onto your credit bureau scores and it helping people to boost their scores up to 40 points in as little as 30 days. So to get started, I want you to head on out to www.ForeclosureDealsCoach.com. Now that's a messenger bot and you're going to use the keyword rent to get more information about Rent Reporters and how you can boost your credit score by getting your rental reported to the credit bureaus. Once again, Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach. Check it out. If you don't do that, you're not going to be as married as long as you want. And if you are, you're probably miserable. You've seen Misery with the the sledgehammers and the feet. Oh, yo, that was a crazy movie. I remember that. It was mad crazy, right? Wild, wild. Reminds me of a couple girls I dated. Um, You you got bad luck. (laughs) (laughs) Or I make bad choices. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those, or both. Anyway, um, 
you got to get noticed, right? And I, I love the people who are putting, like, a, like a, we have a friend who has a couple of VRBOs. She put, like, a seashell theme in there. They named the properties. We're just kind of getting into that phase. So I don't have any cool names for you. But, you know, keep it bright and airy. The, right. uh, the Beach Palace, Right of Orlando, right the uh, the mountain retreat. Like you're right. naming it, and you're you're walking around this theme. We're creating it. Try to stay away from stuff that creates dichotomy, though. Right? I, I appreciate. It. I'm a Broncos fan. Go Broncos. We got Russell Wilson to be a hell of a season. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I'm not recommending theming your house at the Broncos house. Right? Yeah, it might work because you're going to get Broncos fans. Yeah. But it also could mean your Packers fans are renting your house so they can trash it. Yeah, and that that would be a terrible thing to walk into a green cheesed out home. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you man. got a Bronco theme and you show up, their cheese has just laid all out. Okay. This is not what you want. Okay. But pick a theme. And I'm gonna go get really creative with that theme. One of the things, you know, Jay and I did a while back, we haven't acted on this either, but marijuana is a big business here in Colorado. We met with a marijuana themed vacation rental, right? Mm-hmm. And they were getting way more per night because they were not only allowing for the consumption of legal marijuana on the property, right. right? But they were encouraging it by offering the tools and devices you might need as a smoker to really enjoy your stay. Right. Marijuana tourism is a huge business, completely understated is where that's going to go. But obviously, Colorado having legalized pot in advance of most states, we're well ahead on that. So people come here to smoke weed. Know why people are coming to you. I don't know why anybody would go to Dayton, Ohio, but there's got to be something cool. Yeah. I'm going to get some hate mail from Dayton this week. I don't know, but I, like I said, there's got to be something cool, so maybe y'all can send us some like you know little events that you have going on. We might try to swing out there, see if there's some real estate we might want to buy, but yeah, I, as of I, right now, I'm drawing a blank on why you need to be in Ohio. Cool reason to be in Dayton, Ohio. But if you find so, I want to know about that, right? Because it's important to know what's going to be the draw. If you got a big concert or event center nearby, you want to make sure that you're not theming it towards that, but you're directing it towards, there's going to be an event there, a bunch of people are coming in, they're going to want a place to stay. Here in town, we've got um, we're Red Rocks in, in Colorado, a huge live music venue, people come from all over. Morrison, Colorado is nearby, and I can tell you, the vacation rental market of Morrison, Colorado is driven almost exclusively right. by by Red Rocks, mm-hmm. right? Because people are coming to that otherwise unheard of town because they want to go to a concert, they want to get silly, they want to get drunk, they want to get high, and they don't necessarily want to drive super all the way back way, yeah. to where they're from, yeah. right? And there's no hotels super nearby, and when there are, they're super expensive, so this is an opportunity. You're kind of trying to fill that market in there, right? Next up, he mentions rolling up your sleeves, a little sweat equity. Well, that's, that's kind of the essence of what we do here on the show, right? In the end, you're still looking to buy a deal, Right in the end, you're looking to buy a property under market because if you've got equity built in the property and your vacation rental temporary tenants are paying the mortgage on it, you've built an equity, you're gaining equity. But the third piece of equity you have is a sweat equity. You want to buy a below market asset. Don't get caught up on I love this house because loving the house is going to cost you the long term. If there is a shift, let me let me say that again. When there's a shift. In the entire real estate market at large, when is that going to be? Again, the crystal ball is busted. Nobody knows. I'm not. I've been saying 18 to 24 months for 18, 18 to 24, 24 months, months yeah. give or take, and nothing has happened. So you know, color me crazy. I don't know. Maybe it ain't going to work out. But at some point, there is going to be a shift in the marketplace. If you've got equity, instant equity from buying it right, and then sweat equity from fixing it up, coupled with the excess income you can make as opposed to a typical rental by renting it out with an Airbnb, this is the trifecta 
of real estate investing, but if you buy it at top of the market because it's clean and ready to go, you're going to find yourself dealing with the shift. And what if that shift also comes with a pullback in tourism hmm. in your area or nationally? Remember coronavirus? Man, I was just thinking about that. I wonder how the Morrison VRBO market was doing for those. I know, imagine it was crickets. Do yeah. we have a cricket sound? Or is it? Hey, good pull right there. That was good. It's been working on this stuff. Anyway, <laughs> I imagine Morrison went crickets when Red Rocks was no longer doing shows because of coronavirus. Right. And that was like, what, a year, year and a half? Yeah, and that's that's what I'm saying. Like, that's an extended period of time for something like that. Right. And they kind of brought it out. You know, they kind of uh, uh, tightened or released some of the restrictions, and then right. they kind of put them back in. Right. So it's like, man. What a mess. Yeah. Like, so how do you know? But if you had equity in that time, mm-hmm. sweat or instant, you could have put that house in the market because the market retail was doing very well back then. You would have gotten cremated. But if you bought at the top of the market and there's a shift, the idea behind buying a deal, not a house, is you're protected against whatever the market does. If it dips, you're just dipping into the equity you picked up when you started, and you're really not that bad off. Plus, your payment's lower. Right, So you can sustain that dip a little bit longer because you didn't pay top of market for the property. Right, So that's going to be helpful. If you're renting it less or not at all, the less rental might still be enough to cover the reduced payment because you bought that property right and built in some instant and sweat equity on the purchase as opposed to falling in love with the property, which so many people do. Right, this is gonna be the perfect vacation rental. I love it. It's got great views and all that stuff. Great, but is it a deal? Right, right. And if the answer is no, reconsider that and don't do it because I promise you, you're gonna kick yourself in the butt later. There is gonna be a correction at some point. There's gonna be a shift. You want to make sure you're getting out in front of that by buying the property correct to begin with. And the last one is kind of my favorite. And I, and I got to tell you the. Um, This is so important. I didn't do this too much later on in my vacation rental cycle, but this is so important. Be your guest. What they mean by that is stay in your own VRBO, Mm -hmm. right? Go to the property as somebody who's just off the street. Drive to the property using Google Maps. I know you know where it is. You bought the damn thing. I get Mm -hmm. that. Use Google Maps to get there from the airport. Yeah, this is a... This is a yeah. I like I like this one too because it's like you wouldn't think to do that, but right. it's like what if your Google, Google Maps Google, is off? What if it's off and it takes them to the back alley and they Thank and they're gonna call you? Hey man, I'm can't trying find my to way find in. in. Right, be your own guest. Get there, unlock it with your lockbox or digital keypad lock. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're gonna do, enter that property as a complete layman to the property so you can experience it from the same level your guest is going to experience it. Because that's the only way you will know where the flaws are. And I have to tell you, this is how I figured it out. I stayed at one of my own places, decided that night we're going to have some big, juicy-ass ribeyes, right? So okay. go to the store, we buy some ribeyes, start cooking it on the grill, got my ribeyes all done. I'm sitting down, I'm about to crush me a badass ribeye in front mm-hmm. of me, and I go, fork, spoon, <laughs> butter knife. Wait, how am I going to tear into a this incredible steak. With a butter knife. With a butter knife. I was so upset because, meanwhile, my perfect steak is now dropping in temperature. Right. While I'm struggling there to cut it with the side of a spoon and a butter knife. <laughs> and I was, just, I was just upset. I go, man, I'm, I'm, I'm glad in a way this was me and not one of my guests. But obviously the takeaway was we got to get steak knives in the property, right? right? And you think you've thought of everything, but the only way to know for absolute certain that you've thought of everything is if you experienced that property from the perspective of one of your guests. 
right? And I just highly advise, probably like once a year, obviously pick a weekend where it ain't occupied. You don't have other tenants. They probably don't want you kicking it with them all weekend. <laughs> if you got those kind of guests, you're running a different type of vacation rental. Yeah, man, you know, I'm going to stay away from that one. Then we need to leave that one alone. But that could be cool, too, right? <laughs> you mind if I just hang out? Does this make, does this make you uncomfortable? <laughs> Pass me those chips, though. Why are you naked in my living room? Correction, why am I naked in my <laughs> living room? Anyway, that was an unpleasant visual image. Um, <laughs> be your own guest. Stay there because you'll understand what you're missing from a guest perspective by being, being part of that. If you do these things, and I think Scott was actually pretty comprehensive, and I'm, I'm super proud of the article that he gave us here to kind of go off of. If you do these things, I think you're going to build a better vacation rental, providing a higher rate of return, and ultimately making this a less hassle property for you. When you're doing buy and hold, the objective is as minimal maintenance as possible. So to, to, one thing on that is you're going to want to get property management at some point. It's expensive, but trust me, we're at five vacation rentals now, and it's worth it. You do not want to self-manage the conversations. I was watching my wife, who tends to have a bit of a temper. Love you, honey, but this is just fact. Bit of a temper coming from that side of the house. She's having conversations with retail consumers, and they don't get why the tonality of the person they're paying to stay in their house is coming across a little bit rude, right? <laughs> and I'm like, nah, I feel you on that. Like, like yeah, I understand. Like, if I was staying there, this is still the hospitality business, right. right? So the problem is those text messages, the various dumb requests that come from tenants, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but if this is a customer service business. They come in at times that are generally inconvenient for you because you have a life. Right. So property management is going to help you with that fielding some of those calls. We put in basically a mini call center to field the calls coming in and whatnot. And that just made a huge difference in the overall customer service rating because God bless Laura, but she just couldn't handle it. You know, so it was good to get her out of that mode. Um, second thing and I, we need to wrap up is hot tub. And it, it, this seems like an offshoot thing, but one guy we were working with. He said, I managed to increase my bookings and overall income by like 10 to 15% by adding a hot tub to each and every property. The hot tub adds a whole other variable of maintenance that we did not account for, okay? But I'm telling you with certainty, we compared it with and without, and we definitely got more bookings, and we definitely got a higher nightly rate by adding a hot tub. I highly recommend it, but you got to build that into the property management because hot tubs, the, the water evaporates. Yeah. Right, they sometimes trip the breaker. Even the nice hot tubs. There's just something about bringing a a small body of water that you're trying to keep at a certain temperature mm-hmm. near your home. Something about that that just requires a great deal of maintenance. Now, if you live there, that maintenance is somewhat a labor of love. Right, you get to keep your hot tub warm, so when it's stupid cold out, right. you can hop in your hot tub. When you don't live there, it is nothing but hassle. Like every time you hear the term hot tub, uh, you get a little hey, disgusted. You're like it's it's not working. Right. I tried to press the power button, but exactly. Right, and it used to drive us nuts. Okay, don't skimp out of that hot tub purchase. Go get a nice hot tub. Because you try to get a hot tub cheap, there's a reason why there are cheap hot tubs out yeah. there. You got to start thinking about what happened in that hot tub. And then you need to throw up in your mouth a little. Yeah, I, just I just did, did too. Right? <laughs> so, don't get a cheap hot tub. Get it. You can get a used one, but don't get it cheap. Right. right. Buy a nice hot tub, and I, I promise you're going to see an increase in your income and revenue from that. So... 
that's our show, man. And a great article, very comprehensive, mostly video based. But take a look at the article, watch the video. If you got some questions about that, let's talk about it. But you know, we talk about foreclosure deals as a fix and flip most of the time, buying, fixing, selling, right? right. But buying, fixing, holding, renting is equally as, as valuable. And actually, that's the saying is flipping will make you a whole bunch of money, buying and holding will make you rich. Hmm. Right, I want to be rich. I want to be rich. I'm trying to be rich, right? So you got to hold some of them along the way. You may need to flip some to produce an income that you need to get to the buy and hold state. So flipping is probably your first directive, but don't make it your only directive. Know these other exit strategies and know them well. Play the game at the top of the game. Don't just suffice to do it. Learn from the best. You can become the best. That's a big part of our coaching program. We're going to talk about your exit strategy, how you desire to handle your first, second, and subsequent properties, so we can get you the best results possible in the middle amount of time. Is there there an investment? Absolutely, because the best things require an investment. If you're interested in hanging the next level in your real estate investing career and want to talk to us about it, reach out to Jonathan Winston on the uh, channels put out there. We would love to chat with you more about joining the Foreclosure Deals Coach family. With that, this is Donnie Corum, your Foreclosure Deals Coach. Thank you guys so much for tuning in each and every single week and reminding you once again, don't buy a house, buy a deal. Want more of the Foreclosure Deals Coach? Like our Facebook page, Foreclosure Deals Coach, for the latest in real estate and foreclosure investing. Become a part of our community. Search Foreclosure Deals Coach on Facebook to join today.